so much, everybody, for subscribing and coming back. Uh, we have another phenomenal, phenomenal interview. I'm excited for this one because not often do you get a power couple to come on together at the same time and talk about their life um, as they were growing up, life as a business owner, life as a family, life as a couple. So I am super, super excited. One that I've known, uh, I've known Nick for, man, since my younger brother and him played sports together, his older brother and me, um, we played together. I've known his whole family, his oldest brother and my older brother are really good friends. So I know Nick, I, I know Natalie only through Nick and through social media. So uh, Nick and Natalie Sorensen, thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, and I cannot wait for you guys to just impart some knowledge, um, history, life lessons as a couple and as individuals. So uh, first off, thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, and to kick this off, uh, Natalie, if you want to take, you know, five, seven minutes, kind of introduce, introduce who you are, kind of where you come from, your background, uh, your growing up, your upbringing, and then how you, how you and Nick, Nick met, and then we'll get into Nick. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I grew up in West Texas. Um, so very far from where Nick did. Um, I grew up in a very like conservative, uh, you know, Christian home. My parents are still married almost 40 years. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur, so he, um, you know, always ran business. He was in the car business and, um, you know, one of the best things that he ever taught me is that he left the brief, the briefcase at the door, um, which I say kind of made me always want to become an entrepreneur because he made it look so freaking easy. He was so happy all the time. <laughs> he never brought his baggage home. Literally whatever happened at any business, you know, he had up to, you know, hundreds of employees. He literally sat his briefcase down and he became fun dad. He really is the happiest most awesome person. So he's definitely a huge mentor of mine. And, um, so I kind of always just wanted to follow in his footsteps, but one of the things that really molded me as a child is that my mom really didn't work. She was a stay at home mom. She was an amazing mom. She was always there for us. Um, but she had this fear, um, she, that she lived with every day that if something happened to my dad, she definitely couldn't run his business. And she always would say our whole life would change. We wouldn't have anything. And she had this like scarcity mindset around how she would ever be able to support us if anything ever happened to her, to my dad. So mm -hmm. consequently, she really con concerned about his health and always making sure he was okay, because it was like, if anything ever happened to him, you know, the rug was getting pulled out from under us. Um, but what it did is that it molded me to want to become a self-sufficient woman, always know that I was going to be able to provide and take care of my family. Um, I, I learned from those experiences and that fear that she kind of lived with. So I was grateful for it. I was grateful that she showed up for me and really showed me how to like be a loving mom and care for my kids and be really present. But then mm -hmm. at the same time, I didn't want to become just like her. I wanted to, to kind of flip that script. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, I actually started my own business when I was 18. So I didn't go to college. Um, nice. I, I literally jumped right into it. I was like, if dad can do it, I can do it. And that was all I wanted to do was be able to control my own things and have my own money and just be this fiercely independent woman who didn't need anybody. <laughs> um, so Nick met me after that. And um, he and I just kind of kicked things off. And I'll say, 
probably the thing that connected us the most is that we had huge dreams. Mm -hmm. um, we're amazingly adventurous. Um, we wanted to see the world. We would both try anything at least once, <laughs> um, you know, kind of personalities. Yeah. Um, and what I found out is that, and it's still probably one of my favorite things about him today is any idea, any dream, any ambition that I have, he has never squashed it. He's never said, oh, that's too big or that's too crazy. Or, you know, I don't think you're ready for that. He literally is like, you're made for it. Go for it. Like he literally just catapults me into any of the things in my dreams. So um, that really connected us. And I think that I can't say that I would have created the success that I have had I not mm -hmm. had him, um, you know, always being my biggest cheerleader and always telling me that anything I could do was possible, which was kind of how I grew up. And I've definitely had our challenges. We've hit bottoms together. We've, you know, we've yeah. made made lots of mistakes. We've had things be massively successful. We've had things fail. Um, but through and through the, the goal is the same. It's to create independence for our family and have, have, have life kind of on our terms. And so we work more than most people ever would even want to, but mm -hmm. we have the ability to live the life that, you know, a lot of people won't ever get to because, um, you know, they won't dictate that freedom. So I don't know if, if, if that's uh, Nick's story of how we met is a lot shorter than ours, but it'll have to do with me chasing him down on a baseball field, which is. Oh <laughs> no. Oh no. Hey, um, all right. Uh, follow that up there, Nick, follow that up. That was fantastic. No, good stuff. Good stuff. So yeah, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, you know, awesome home, you know, my dad, my dad's always, uh, I think, you know, the work ethic hundred percent came from my dad. Um, from the time I can remember he's worked you know, two or three full-time jobs. And I mean, <clears throat> when I, when I say that, I don't say it lightly. I mean, he's always been a 80 to a hundred plus hour, a work week person. And it wasn't, Hey, that, that's what he wanted to do. He felt like that's what he had to do and needed to do to make sure he took care of his family. So, you know, two things I learned, you know, from that substantially were number one, um, you know, you got to have an incredible work at work ethic and anything can happen in life and, and you can go run down anything. But the number two, I learned that the pain that that caused him missing out on his kids growing up and missing out on their adventures was a pain that I never wanted to receive. So it wasn't something I ever held against him. I actually, you know, value all the stuff and all the opportunities that came to, you know, me, my brothers, my sister, uh, you know, we have, uh, different backgrounds, but some really cool stories, you know, uh, you know, one brother played, you know, division one college football, another brother played in the big leagues. I played professional baseball. We all had a lot of opportunities because of the sacrifice he gave. Um, but I just said, Hey, you know, why not have both? And, uh, so that was probably for my, uh, you know, early, early, uh, you know, growth is what really drove me to kind of seek out entrepreneurship because you can, now you can, like Natalie said, you know, work tons of hours from time, from time to time, but you can choose when you do that. So I don't ever feel like I'm going to miss out on something. So, um, opportunities that, you know, I've chased, um, you know, in the last decade, 20 years, I guess I'm getting older. Um, <clears throat> have all been like, okay, great. What does this look like time-wise, right? We can definitely make sacrifices, you know, in the short term, midterm, but as long as it doesn't sacrifice those things that are important. And that was just kind of, I think what was instilled with me. You know, I grew up in a very competitive household. Um, like I said, we were all athletes. Um, uh, what was awesome was being a part of that, right? You know, my brothers right. were always accomplishing something, doing something, doing things that they shouldn't have done. 
Um, you know, my my oldest was a Division One white uh, defensive back. Cornerback doesn't happen very often. Okay, is what it is. This <laughs> uh, is what it is. Uh, so right. Uh, and then other brother out of out of the state of Utah. Um, you know, went and was an All American in baseball in college and, and played in the big leagues. That doesn't happen. Um, and so they kind of paved the way for me, which was awesome. It made some of the things, you know, in life really easy for me, but also made some things tough, right? So no matter whatever right. I was doing, it was never really a big deal. You know, when I was getting accolades in high school, they were getting accolades in uh, in college. When I was getting accolades in college, they were getting accolades professionally. And so what that also did was, you know, things weren't ever really a big deal to me. Like, you know, it was just, hey, it wasn't necessarily about doing something external. It was always about what what it does for me and, uh, and how I can make myself better. And the personal development that came from that was huge, right? Like it doesn't really bother me or affect me what people think. It took a long time, you know, to, to overcome that and see that, but, but living through that and doing that, you know, in the end, you know, you, we don't need any external validation. You know, we need to, you know, strive and do and achieve, um, based on, on what we need and what we want. And, you know, going through that through a young age drove me, but also, I think, you know, prepared me really early on for, you know, other obstacles that came up uh, in business. But, you know, like Natalie said, um, she was young. I was not as young. I was actually still playing uh, professional baseball when we met. So she always tells this long, elaborate story because she tells long, elaborate stories. And I tell short stories. So I say, hey, she was a cleat chaser. I was a baseball player and the rest was history. And uh, but no, we, we dated long distance for quite some time. She owned her business. I was helping run a business um, you know, states away, um, because of entrepreneurship, even though we had a long distance relationship, uh, a week of every month we spent together. So one week she would take off from her eat, uh, every other month, come see me every other month for me, I take a week off, still work from the phone. But so we had a long distance relationship, but it was also pretty cool because we spent tons of time together, uh, in bulk. So we got to know each other really well. It was kind of a fairy tale because when we were together, like we were together and no distractions and whatnot, but, um, it also, you know, was give us the ability to really get to know each other and learn each other. But, um, you know, the unique thing I would say about her, I think what really attracted me, her, people always say, hey, like, what is it? And it's, it's just passion, right? And I think that's one of the keys to success in business. It's not just about being smart. It's not just about time. And it's not just about picking the right businesses. You got to be passionate about it because there are going to be things that do pop up. And with her, you know, us, our relationship, it's passion, which is the good, you know, uh, and the not good, right? <laughs> right. Right. And uh, that's what business is. That's what entrepreneurship is. You get the good and you get the not good. And it's overcoming this and uh, and turning that into good is what, you know, what leads to success. And in reality, uh, what ends up being a lot of the fun and a lot of the rewards. So uh, it's been a great ride for us. You know, we've had a lot of fun. I think what, what, you know, her passion for her, it's not just money. It's not just success. It's not just that. It's like, there's always a purpose behind it. She can't just go out. She's not going to chase money, chase dollars. It's got to be something that is, doing something, impacting someone's life um, in some different way. And if not, she's not going to do it. And it's not, doesn't serve her. And I think that's also one of the key things that's really led to, you know, her success for sure. Wow. Let's, um, <laughs> time, well, we could, well, I could take a time out and just say, we're, we're done. We're good. I mean, but I knew that, that getting into this interview would be fantastic. So if, you are not ready to take notes. If you're not pausing and going back and re-listening what was just said by both of them, we're doing ourselves a disservice. So I want to, let me go into this point because you both said, you both touched on it, right? Um, Natalie, you said your dad left the briefcase at the door. Uh, Nick, you said your dad, you know, grind it, grind it. So with those two examples that you both had, 
I want to know from you know, each one of you can answer this. What part of the of your childhood did those examples that you had from both your you know both your dads, those examples that you had, how did that instill either a work ethic or um, time that you knew that you did not want to leave from your family, but also to help your family grow? Help me under, give me get us into that point of because because of this, the briefcase left at the door because of the grind. I knew that I wanted to to structure my own life a little bit differently. So help us take us into that point and that you were making on the, the briefcase at the door and the grind and help us see because of that as a child, this is what helped me grow as an adult. So I can definitely start off by saying that I, I was looking up to both my parents as a kid and my mom was giving of herself in every way possible, but just to the people within our house. Um, like she was serving me, my brother, my dad, amazingly, but those were the people that she impacted the most. And my dad on the flip side, every single time I was around somebody that had ever worked for him, worked with him, knew him through business, they would say to me the same question, which Nick will, Nick will laugh. Cause my dad does smile a lot, but they would always say, is your dad ever not smiling? And I'm like, no, he's really not like, that's really who he is. But they would also say, your dad has completely changed my life. He's helped me believe in me. He's given me so much. He's such an incredible man. And so my whole life, I witnessed the impact that he had in people's lives through business because he chose to give more to just than just us in our household. And it was all those people. And I wanted that. I, I wanted to, I wanted to like change the world and, and influence and impact a ton of people's lives, you know, the way my dad did just in this small business in West Texas, um, but all over, like I, I wanted to use that energy and that positivity that I knew that he kind of just transferred to me, which was like, wake up, be happy, you know, do something great with your day, focus on what's good. Don't dwell on the bad. He can let stuff go. Like we kind of say he has the duck feathers and it rolls off, like, you know, has that mm -hmm. water repellent right. um, because he does that super well. Um, but through that, he's been able to impact a lot of people's lives. So I know that that um, started. And I think one thing, what's a unique point is that Nick's childhood and background and him growing up and mine combined has kind of developed ours. Like the pain that he feels, you know, that he, his dad wasn't there, but he wanted him to be is what fuels him and me to make decisions that we do as parents and then vice versa, you know, like things that I experienced, like I never once went to a restaurant and was like, Oh, what can I get on the menu? Like my dad was like, order, whatever sounds good to you. If you want steak, get steak, you know, but my mm -hmm. dad had worked his tail off to be able to afford that and be that and do that. So we kind of like vacillate between the two upbringings on like, how do you teach him to work hard and go after it and, and be that, but then also like have this abundant life where you get to do a lot of things that, you know, know, other people can't do. And so that's something that we're always focusing on, um, as a couple and really holding that space for each and every, like each, each, each other and the things that we want to do and become and, um, kind of what's been inside of us since a kid. That's awesome. Awesome. Nick, before you jump, before you ask the question, let me ask this follow-up question real quick to Natalie. What examples, so you talk about your dad was just giving, he was giving, giving, Give me two examples that you can remember as a kid, right? Of saying, my, it's not, 
so much handing somebody a, a white envelope. You see it all the time. Here's a white envelope. People open it up and like, oh, there's thousands of dollars in here. But give it, give us two examples of what you saw your dad do as giving himself and how you've tried to emulate that now as an adult. Oh, I love that question. So one, he had a secretary that worked for him my whole entire life and she had a daughter and uh, he overheard her talking one day how she was stressed about the quinceanera and how much it was going to cost and all that it was going to take. And um, my dad came home from work that day and he told me about it. And he said, hey, Natalie, I want to take you and I'm going to take Amy and we're going to go to a store and you're going to help her pick out the most amazing, beautiful quinceanera dress for her daughter. And we're going to get it and, and just take care of it. So it just takes those burdens and, and just those worries off her plate. So not only did he give and want to give to that situation to, to just bless her, but he included me in it. And I remember the feeling when Stephanie put on that dress and it was a dress that was far more than would have, she would have ever dreamed. I mean, her mom was a single mom that was super hardworking, but like, she wasn't even sure she was going to get to have the party. And I remember the look on her face and the way that that felt. And I was like, I want to be, I want to be able to give, I want to be able to bless people like that. It was a super cool experience. Um, another one was, was he's also the type of person who doesn't like to have like the recognition of it. And sometimes business owners or, or, you know, successful people in a community, they want to give, but they want their name on the building and you right. know, they want everybody to know about it. And um, I think at one point, my dad found a way um, that my, my brother was a college basketball player and he had a friend um, that was super close to him. His dad had lost his job. You know how that feels as a man in your household, you're, you're wanting to give, provide. He was on this travel basketball team that was super expensive. We knew that they were going through a situation. My dad Dad found a way to give the man the money that they needed, like a, a huge blessing, but he made sure that the guy didn't know that it was my dad that had ever given it. Um, and he never asked for it back and never wanted anybody to know. And I, I think that being, you know, driving yourself to be successful to the point where you can be that, that person behind the scenes or the person that can bless or, or really support the people around you. Um, it's something that Nick and I really strive to be like, we want to be able to show up for people and give and, and not to get anything in return, but to do that, you have to be able to take care of yourself really well. And then you have right. to have access to be able to do that. And then you have yep. to be really smart with all of your decisions beyond that, um, to be able to be that person. So. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. That was awesome. Then we, we, I'm going to come back and circle around a couple of things a little bit later, but Nick, so go ahead, Nick, I'd love to give you, give us that insight of what you learned and how it's molded you. Cause I would, I mean, I would, I am dying to hear. Yeah. So all those stories are awesome, except, you know, every time in a marriage, you know, all I get compared to is her dad, which is the only not awesome part about the whole situation. So no, I'm kidding. He's, he's all, he is, he is an incredible man and uh, definitely always strive to learn from him. But, you know, I mean, I think in life, you know, three things I think really help develop people, right? Obviously we've heard, you know, numerous personal development coaches say, Hey, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So the people that you're around yourself a lot, you're going to take on those attributes, right? So like my dad's work at work ethic, you know, my mom's uh, love for people, um, you know, just naturally being around those people you, you bring in, right? And same thing with coaches. I mean, your, your dad, 
Jack, one of the toughest uh, coaches I've ever had in all the years I played, but also I got so much from him because, you know, his, his, his pushing people was with love. And, um, and so I think that, you know, part of it is, you know, the, those that you surround yourself with, and this is friends, it's mentors, it's obviously your parents, um, you know, and then the second thing and third thing I think that really pushes you or shapes us is joy. And it's also pain, right? And the pain of my dad not being there, it wasn't necessarily for me at all. Cause I mean, I knew, he, I knew his love. I knew his heart. I knew his intention. It's more like I felt bad for him. Right. You know, in college baseball, uh, in four years there, I think he made six games, you know, and that tore him up in yeah. all the years of pro ball, four years of pro ball, he wasn't able to see me play once. And I know that it was hard on him. And so that pain is where I said, Hey, like, I don't care what it takes. I don't care if there's got to be some short times where I do have to sacrifice some things, but in general, I'm going to be there for my kids, but also for me, because that's what I want to see. And I want to experience, I want to be around. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, is definitely shaped me to be okay. Great. When you're, when you walk up and you say, Hey, here's opportunity, a opportunity, B opportunity, C opportunity, D to me, that weighs heavily on what I'm going to go do based on, Hey, my time. And I can make sure that I am there, you know, with, with what, and we can't always make those decisions, right. Right in the moment, but you can definitely steer towards that direction. And then also joy as well. Um, you know, from, you know, the, the fun of, you know, my mom and, you know, different people, different individuals seeking joy, right. You know, athletically, um, that's a big driving, driving force is, you know, the, uh, the joy that you get back from achieving something from setting a goal, going after it, um, you know, people telling you that you're able to do something. Right. So I think, you know, you know, from my childhood, it's, it's really those, those three things I was shaped by so many different individuals, coaches, family, uh, siblings, um, but that I was also shaped tons by, you know, seeking joy and seeking goals, but then also being driven by, you know, certain pain that had popped up, you know, we all go through it. There's no, it doesn't matter what your background is, if it's the most corrupt thing in the world, you're going to go through trials and take that as, Hey, this is what, you know, what makes me stronger. This is a building block. This is the protein that builds the muscle. So right. look at it that way, smile through it, get stronger, get better and become a better person. So a follow-up, because I know you, you had mentioned it, your brothers, right? Your brothers had, had, as you were in high school, they were winning all these accolades and in a competitive space, in a competitive household, like my house was very competitive, right? My younger brothers, you know, were always, you know, compared to well, your older brothers, your older brothers, this. So for those of us that would played any kind of sports, I don't care if it's uh, uh, with a bat and a ball, with a football or chess or whatever it is, how did you, how did you, as a child, Nick, how did you compartmentalize being put on this? You have to be this to feel, to get that validation. Cause if you, your brothers were doing this and if you were doing that, you must not be as good. So how as a child, were you able to say, well, I, I, I'm as good as I am, or I'm being better, but don't compare me to my brothers or did you, or did you at times were like, man, this sucks. I'm not as good as you know, Brandon, I'm not as good as Zach. I'm not as good. They're way better than me. Like take us into that mindset a little bit, because it's very, I think there's a, there's a, some really cool points that I I'm dying to hear. Yeah. So the negative subconscious mind, as we all know, is, is, is absolutely powerful, right? We're told no as children, not just thousands, but hundreds of thousands times more than we're told. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, all those thoughts, of course, the, of course they pop in your head, they're natural, you know what I mean? And so when, you know, you're, you're, all state in, you know, a couple sports, but 
we have an all American and, you know, something that shouldn't be done. You're just going like, okay, it's not as big a deal. Right. And that gets more attention naturally. So not only being the middle child, but then also going through that stuff, of course, those things came to my head. Right. So, um, and I think that it wasn't, Hey, consciously that I knew what I was thinking or knew, I knew what I was working through, but my dad and my mom were also big people that believed in people, just like, you know, Natalie said with her father. And so there was never anything I didn't think that I could accomplish right? It was, it was a feeling. And yes, it was things that were being said external, lots of negative things be done internal. But when you go through those, that's where your environment comes in, right? That's where people come in. That's where, you know, that's why you have shelfuls of books behind you, right? Is that when you have, you know, an experience in your life and you go, Hey, how can we learn from this? And so, um, yeah, there was tons of times when that happened. Uh, there were coaches of mine that told me I couldn't do it. I remember I was in, it was football, maybe freshman year, eighth grade year, uh, my brother was my brother was all state football player was playing, you know, at the university. And uh, no, 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 this was I mean, whatever freshman year, sophomore year. Um, we were out there watching the JV game with all of my buddies my age. And uh, we were the age we should have been playing JV. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coach I previously had from two years prior went up to one of one of my buddies and was like, hey, who's starting fullback tomorrow and, uh, for the varsity game? And they're like Sorensen. And he's like, wheels, because my nickname to him was wheels because I was a slow developer with speed, but my oldest brother could fly from a young age. So my nickname was Will. So of course he beat up on me mentally because it was, Hey, in his mind, he's trying to get the best out of me. In my mind as a 14 year old, this is crushing me because no, I'm told every single day because my nickname was wheels that I wasn't as fast as my older brother. And then even two years later, when I leveled up, right. He's still like, Sorensen? No way. You know what I mean? So yeah, the the whole life you're always compared. You know it. You've been a part of it. Um, And same thing with anything in life that can either make you stronger, make you not. So what it did for me based on watching work ethic and watching my brothers work hard, um, watching other people work hard, it made me work hard, you know? And so there are accolades that I've done that they didn't do, um, whether or not celebrated for them as much as they were not, like, it doesn't matter, right? In the end, like, did you, you go and you become the best you can be. So they were great examples to me uh, so that they brought me more joy than I would say trials, but the trials also helped shape me and make me uh, substantially stronger for sure. But my first uh, game at Kansas State University, um, so playing, you know, you know, big D1 and a big conference baseball. And uh, I walk out and they had my brother's name on the scoreboard by accident because he was an All-American the year before. And so, yes, um, things happen for sure. Right. And you can either say, Hey, you know what? People are trying to push me down or I'm going to stand on top of that, you know, and become better for it. I can say for sure. That's made Nick a fighter. And, you know, I think birth order and the way that you grow up is so key and so important. And I'm like his, his fire and passion for you to not forget that he wasn't just the next or whatever, like he's him and he's fierce and he's going to prove that he's stronger and he's going to fight as hard and he's going to climb further. I mean, he, he did, he had great examples. They're amazing men. They were incredibly successful at many things, but it made him think I can do all that and all of this too. And, and, you know, he has this huge personality. He makes everybody laugh all the time. And I always say like, your brothers might be cool and they might be great, but like, they are the most serious people. Like they're not nearly as fun as you. So I picked you for fun factor. (laughs) This is true. This, this is true. Let me, let me transition a little bit. 
this is a question obviously for both. I'd love to hear it. What would you say the biggest misconception was about both of you, you know, when you were growing up uh, different, obviously different upbringings, but what would you say the biggest misconception about you were or your family and how did that impact or how did that shape kind of the direction on how you wanted to become as an adult? Oh, well, that it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was talking about before. But, you know, in my later years, 17, 18, you know, all in high school, there was this stigma of like, oh, you you have this life because your daddy or you have this nice car because, you you know, lucky you y'all were you're the you're the rich kid or you're the whatever. And I never liked that. I started working when I was 15 so I could have my own bank account. So then when people would say that, I would be like, no, I bought that. Excuse me. No, wait a minute. Um, So I was like grateful that I experienced kind of that trial because people Mm -hmm. thought I just got it handed to me and I didn't want that at all. I was like, absolutely not. Um, You know, I, I would actually take lunch money my dad gave me and put it in a bank account. And like my, my grandmother was into like investing and I was like putting money away. Like before, like all I wanted to do was start a business and have finances in order and everything. And, um, so I think that that kind of, that, that sculpted it, that little, that picking on it or whatever, like I didn't just take it and I didn't want to hand out and I didn't want it all to be because of my dad. Um, and I remember when I was like 19 moving into my apartment, I like furnished it with like all of this brand new stuff. And the first friend walked in and said, must've been nice to go with your dad. And I was like, excuse me. And I pulled out the drawer and I whipped out all the invoices. And I was like, this is my card number paid find me, you know, but it was like, it was like, I had that in me to like Mm -hmm. be able to go and create because I did have a great life. I wanted to be able to create that life for myself. And then, then on for my kids. I mean, Nick and I are both like, we'll take it. We'll pay for dinner. Like, you know, we just, we want to have, you know, our things because we decided to, to accomplish things. So, um, I don't know that was one thing that really stuck out. That was awesome. About you, Nick. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we grew up, uh, my dad worked incredibly hard. We never went without, <clears throat> but we also were on, you know, the other side of, I guess, our community. So our high school, and you're familiar with it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's an incredibly diverse community. I think they taught 20 something languages in ESL program. And it was a section of, of the city that, you know, you had low income, middle income and upper income, you know, those that yeah. were on the hill. So we were on the West side, we were on like the you know, lower middle, I guess you would say. Uh, so those that are above 13 East, which included the Gilmores, um, you know, where it was a different, it was a different level. No, I'm, I'm saying, but there's, there's middle right. upper, right? right. And with us, um, you know, with us, I always had that stigma. There was a, there was a number of individuals that always, you know, look differently and judge because of that. So I think what that taught me in life is that I love all people. We all have a story. I don't care where you're at is I I've always, and it's funny, prided myself in being like the most non-judgmental people. I don't care where you're at, where you're from. Like, I love people, right? And I love mm-hmm. your story. love where you're at. There's there's a reason where you're at. And I love that because of, but it's also too drove me to where I'll say, hey, you know what? No, you know, in the end, you get a pick exactly what you want. And so I would say I'm kind of in the middle now. Like I want my kids to, you know, um, 
be blessed as they earn it. But I also want them to be in the middle of, of, of all that other mix too, because there's so many rewards that can come from both sides, I guess, both sides of the railroad tracks. There weren't railroad tracks, but I guess you could say both sides of the yep. railroad tracks. And, yep. and so I love that. I love my, where I grew up because, um, you know, I think that it may be if I would not have been where I was, I wouldn't view the world the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may not have been driven as much to, you know, you know, go after what we have. Okay, I, we need to, I'm going to take a pause here. I'm going to go on a little bit of uh, a little run here because so often I meet people, right, from different backgrounds, different walks of life. Like my, but my parents did all they could to support us. I mean, you know, we may have been on the other side of the 13th East, but it definitely was not. You know, we, we drove, my, we, you always knew when we were showing up to a game because my, the brakes in our Suburban were, you could hear a half a mile away squeaking and it, we always, it just smelled, right? But I think the point that I really want to drive home is Natalie comes from wealth, right? But she did not want to be the person that had the stigma, oh, you're wealthy. Oh, daddy must be nice. It must be nice. You're like, here's the finger. I'm going to go get what I'm going to get. All right. I'm going to go keep what I kill. And what I kill is there's, here's everything. Nick comes from the side of, well, you're in the lower class. So you can't be a part of this ecosystem that we're in. And he's like, dude, everybody has a story. Everybody has an upbringing, but because of those two, it, you didn't allow need, not one of you allowed where you came from and your upbringings to find who you are. Right. And I think that is so important. And I love that because people that are going to listen to this and say, how do I relate to somebody who comes from wealth? You relate because you, you went out and killed your own and said, I'm going to make my own 15. I'm working, which is fantastic. My daughter's going to listen to this and say, don't get mad at me because you're 15 and you have to work. Right. Other people are going to like, man, I, I grew up on the wrong side of the track. I wasn't part of the cool crowd. I was never uh, with a wealthy kid. Well, here's next thing. Who cares? Go out and get what you get. Right. Don't let your circumstances define you and make you who you are. I think that is a point that is so amazing for many people to listen to and to really understand that, that just because your your surroundings, your circumstances doesn't need to define and shape who your life is and what your life is going to become. And that's such a powerful point. I appreciate that uh, very much. So we're going to move now. Um, We're going to move into the business side now because obviously you both own your own businesses. So I want to get into this because you, you both have touched on a little bit, but Nick, start out. What was the first business you owned? What was that business? What, what did you do and how did you get a part of that business? And then Natalie, I'm going to ask you the same question. So I would say really young. Um, <clears throat> my brother and I started a paper route and the whole goal of the paper route, and we were, kid, we were young, was to earn enough money to where we could buy a four-wheeler put a blade on it so we could do a snow removal business in the winter and have fun doing that right so right, right. Um, i would say that was the first time that you know we kind of ventured into entrepreneurism and it ended up being that my mom volunteered us for if you were above a certain age bracket you got your walks done for free just because we had a four-wheeler with the blade so but it was fun we had lots of fun that was doing it but it also showed hey you know what you know, it was just the kind of basis basis for it. And then, you know, I went, I went to college, I played professional baseball for four years after college. Um, and so that whole time was just survival. I mean, the first year you make just absolutely small amounts of money. In fact, uh, uh, in minor league baseball, the lower levels, they'll pass a bucket around for either the player of the game, if you had a home run. And so literally for years, I lived off singles. So I'd always have a wad of ones to make me look like I was cool. 
but it was because of the pass the bucket around around the place. And um, and so, you know, during those years, it was just, hey, I just have to survive so I can work out enough to train to go play ball because that was my passion. Right. Right. Uh, when I got on with that, I did launch a home building business company uh, with my uncle and uh, we were incredibly successful. We hit the market right uh, until the market wasn't right and, and then lost it all. Right. And that's kind of yeah. when Natalie and I started dating during that period of time. And at one point she was going to sell her business and move to where we were because we were doing so well. But then, you know, the market, the bottom fell out and we knew that the ride was on the wall. And so then I moved to, uh, to West Texas with her because she did have, you know, more stability from the business standpoint. And that was the point in time where I was trying to find myself, right? I got a job. Um, I didn't love it just because, you know, I'm not a, I don't like being told what to do, when to be there, when all that, but I also knew the direction that was going. Um, and so I launched our own, we launched a, 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 it was just a health and wellness product. Um, we had a, a lab create it. Um, we started selling online. We started selling retail markets. We ended up becoming pr- incredibly successful. We had, you know, certain stores around the country that were selling it. We had some major uh, retail places that were selling it. And then we were just absolutely crushed online until I had the wrong business partner that started sending just tons of fraudulent traffic. So it was, oh. okay, kind of find what you're doing, find what you're doing. Boom, huge explosion, huge business. And then it just fell off a cliff. And uh, that hurt me. That crushed me. Um, absolutely did. In fact, it took me probably a couple of years to recover from that, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after that happened, because it was such a huge high and the excitement and the joy, me personally, why family around you? And then the, you know, the circumstances kind of went along with it. I did have tons of doubts. Like, you know, can I do this? Like, what is God trying to tell me to do? Yes. I want this over here, but if that's not my calling, that's not what he wants from me. Maybe I should go do this over here. And I did that, you know, I, I was employed um, for a number of years and made good money, but was mm-hmm. never really happy. Um, and, um, you know, and same thing, that pain, I think, you know, joys and pain is what either pushes yeah. you or drives you. That pain is what, you know, basically pushed us and brought us back into entrepreneurship. And so we actually, while I was working, we got into the relationship marketing, network marketing space. And uh, I think it's a great, like, undergrad degree for entrepreneurship. I think that most people, you know, that get in that space, it's a, it's an amateur entrepreneurial program because you have to get good yeah. at a couple of things on your own and you can be very successful, but you can take that and learn all the aspects of business, all the aspects of entrepreneurship and basically grow whatever you can. So I love that industry. I love what it does for people. I love what it did for us. And I love it just because, you know, how you become successful is by pouring into other people lifting them up and helping them be successful. It's not about selling products. It's not about marketing. It's really about building people. And so that was kind of uh, my little, you know, relief picture uh, from, you know, a couple of my bad entrepreneurship experiences yeah. and said, Hey, you know what? You can do this. This is definitely possible. And then that's kind of springboarded into a lot of other stuff. So I do a lot of things. Um, uh, we definitely, you know, venture into some business ownership, um, you know, they, I would say they we've had some successes. We've had some, some stumblings, had some losses. Um, I love investing. Um, I believe, you know, totally that that, you know, becomes, you know, the true freedom for people. And so that's investing to me is almost like taking over the competition of sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you can win every day, you can win every week, you can win every month and it's just fun, yeah. but it's like the game of life. Right. And, but all that has come from the foundation of just at one point saying, Hey, I got to go do this and failing 
learning, failing, learning, failing, learning, failing, learning, failing, learning. <laughs> okay. Now, before you answer, I have to ask this question because you brought it up and I really, really want, so you started a business, it went into the dumps, took a hit on you. I mean, anybody's ego is going to get hit. Like, I'll just be, you're a guy, I'm a guy. If I'm riding the high and all of a sudden the, the rug gets pulled out, it's like, crap. Two years? Was do you say two years? <clears throat> yeah, it's about a two-year project. About a two-year project. Tons of work went into it. You know, learning just different aspects of business, learning online marketing, right? Um, and I'm a dreamer, right? I talk about right. it a lot. Natalie's, you know, came from a, a standpoint where he, yes, he ran a business, owned a business, but it was a ton of stability, right? And as you know, right. launching one you don't kind of get there. And so it was to the point where, Hey, like, you know, I felt like I let my family down the, the, the job I was doing, I probably wasn't doing as well as I could have because I was spending all my extra hours out over here, but then all my extras over here were taken away from Natalie and our young kids. Right. So there was tons of guilt there. And that's when it came back and said, Hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I can't do this. Right. And so, yeah, it, it beats up on your ego. You question that you can do it. You question that this is the right decision to go do it. You don't want to let anyone down. Um, you don't want to feel like, you know, that, you know, you're like leaving my wife out there to just, you know, go do these things over here. So yeah, the whole emotion of that, it's not just, Hey, the business failed. It's not just, Hey, you know, we went from this massive high of crushing it to getting crushed. It yeah. was all the other things around it and, and, you know, people and emotions and relationship, you know, obviously ego as well too. It's, it's, it can definitely be crushing for sure. So why not quit? No, most people would say, why not quit Nick? you should have just quit. Like the, the negative, the negative, right. Voices that are coming would have looked at you and said, you, you, you grew, you fell, you grew, you fell. You're, why quit? What quit? Like, obviously you're doing something wrong. Obviously from the outside, you're a failure. Obviously you've probably burned some bridges. Obviously you probably, you know, use some money and investing money and burn that. Why not quit? Just quit, Nick. So yeah, well, why most, not? most people did. Most people said that, you know, even, even entrepreneurs, even some mentors said they do that. Natalie, even me, you know, to be honest, thought, thought that I had lost my mind, you know, and said, Hey, like, okay, you did it. It was great. It was successful. It wasn't your fault that it didn't go, but you know, go get a job, you know, take this job, get a better job and go down that pathway. I mean, there's been a number of times in our marriage where Natalie said, this isn't your calling. You need to go get a job mm -hmm. uh, and stop pursuing this dream of, you know, time and, and, you know, financial freedom that, that works hand in hand. And, uh, but driven by previous pain, also pulled by the joy. And then also just, you know, like it's in me, like I, I, I want, you know, I, I want it. I want, I want the freedom. I don't want someone to say, Hey, you need to do this or that. I don't want someone to wake up one day and say, Hey, um, and nothing in there's wrong with that. Like, I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, traditional, traditional jobs are awesome. That doesn't bring me joy. And even the fear of, Hey, my daughter has a performance that I can't go make one day because some person says I got to go to work. That scared me more than my fear of failure. Yeah. And it made you fight and it made you get up again, even when everyone, including me was saying, now's not your time anymore. Here's where you need to go for now. Like, we'll see what happens later. But because the fight of wanting to have that and not giving up on it and being so sold out to really his dream, 
it was like it, it, where our current reality did not determine the choices that he was going to make for our future ever. It was always like, okay, here's where we're at. And I'm, I'm sorry for that. And you know, it sucks, but it doesn't change anything. And, you know, when I look back at those times now, I'm so grateful for, for the pain that he did experience throughout different points, because it made him strong enough to really fight and just really dig in and to do what it took. Um, because you still have to figure it out and you still have to find what it's going to be and you have to go after it and you have to work harder. But at times I was thinking like, well, you have the job and you have the business opportunity. And so we have none of you. And so what you're fighting for to have us, us doesn't even exist because you're like freaking maxed out, you know, but it was all because he's like, but if I do this, there's a way out. And if I go this other way, then it's just that forever, no matter what. And, and that's all. And, and he just can't live like that. And I respect that. And now, you know, our kids are getting older and they, these are the years that really matter. And, you know, throughout the times and him just not giving up and not taking that path. Now we're to those years that will really, really mold them. They'll remember every single performance or whatever that that he was there that he made that a priority and it's completely changed their life yeah so i I mean and it's we've still gone through things too like you know so successful business things going well and i'm like wait a second i'm gonna tackle this investing thing because true wealth true financial freedom you know comes from this quadrant and she's like you've lost your mind like this is going so well if you pour more of your time and energy in over here it's gonna go weller right i'm kidding uh it's gonna go better and I'm like, yes, but, you know, and to, so to me, to, to me, the secret, like people say this all the time, like, what is the secret to life? To me, the secret of life is growth, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care whatever aspect of life we're talking about, career-wise, financially, spiritually, professionally, personally, like, to me, that's like what, 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 it's fun, like, it's growth, right? So this was a whole brand new thing over here. And, you know, I'm two and a half years into it now. And it's starting to be like, wait a second, like this is a big thing. And all of a sudden, like every once in a while, I look over her and her eyes are going like, wait a second, like that's what's possible, right? And so, and who knows where it's going to be five years from now and 10 years from now. But to me, I think that that's kind of what 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 drives, it's not drive, it's, it's fun. Like to me, you know, uh, and I've heard the saying thousands of times, but if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong, right? <clears throat> and I right. think that's where the passion comes from in business and entrepreneurship. Very few entrepreneurs go out and say, hey, I'm going to go do this business because it's going to make me money. They're going to do it because there's a passion or something that's driving behind it. And that's for me, like, I love to grow. I love to learn new things, love to go do new things. And yes, you have to make some sacrifices here and here and here and here. But when you do, you get that personal enjoyment. You teach those around you, you teach your kids and you take people with you. And to me, that's the most enjoyment. That's the most fun part. Man, that's all. Man, that's all.